Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Hello, Effers. That, of course, Woo! was audio from Chills. the hit movie Cloverfield. <laughs> uh, fly, Titans, fly. I'm your host, Internet Keith, and welcome to the Titans edition of Football and Other F-Words. Today, we'll be talking about Titans news. We will review the Week 4 overtime win against the Eagles, and we will preview the Titans versus the Bills. As is tradition, I am joined by some, you guessed it, hooligans, this first guy, he doesn't play to tie. It's DJ EJ. Yep. <laughs> He's shaking He's, his head. He does not he does play not, to tie. He agrees that he does not play to tie. Disapprovingly shaking this his head. This next guy, Zebo. let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Would you say that you're for the boys? I believe that should be the F word for the boys. All one word. Oh, yeah? Absolutely. Uh, well, we might have to change it. Uh, this last guy, or no, second to last guy, He's got Corey. On his fantasy football team. Yeah, he does. I've got Corey. It really hurt me. And I love having Corey. <laughs> it's Mike Miracles. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, especially uh, especially after that Sunday. So <sighs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And finally, we've got him over here on the couch. It's everybody's favorite couch boy. It's Mr. Lebowski. How are you doing, Mr. Lebowski? Yeah, I'm having to deal with like a 17-pound sourdough bread-looking puppy thing. <laughs> chewing on my hands. You want to give us an update of how you feel about that, Hux? <laughs> to my thoughts always insightful yeah as always today's podcast is brought to you by an f word and today's f word is for, for the, the boys, boys. Right, yes. uh as in you're either for the boys or you're against the boys and well, you you better be for the boys for the yeah. boys yeah uh speaking of things we're for let's get to the ad read for the week yo Y'all know what it is right now? Zebo for the bill. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what do you wear? You should have come to me. Now here you are. Now you better <laughs> choose for the bill, cause they're perfect for anything. Like Scorpion and wrestling. For the bill, six one five. Make it your one and only. Soft like the fur of a chimpanzee. A chimpanzee. A 
chimpanzee. So you want a shirt that's magic. So you won't look like a cheap whore. Maybe you're tired of red nips. Cause I'm coming at you like a clothes horse. Are you ready for, ready for a perfect shirt, perfect shirt? Cause once you wear them, once you wear them, there's no going back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you want to yeah. look as good as Katie feels, then head on over to fortheville615.com today <laughs> and get free shipping on all orders over $100. And with every purchase made, a donation is made to the Nashville Predators Foundation. You can follow them on Instagram, on Twitter, on Friendster, on MySpace, at, at fortheville615. Coming soon to the store, tighten the fuck up shirts. So tighten the fuck up and head on over to fortheville615.com. Fortheville615.com. If you want a shirt that's magic, these are them. Well, all right, so just just to be clear, I just want to let everyone know that DJ EJ was doing the backpack kid dance the entire time. I was very impressed. I, I did learn a new word, and it's clothes horse. Yeah, and clothes horse is actually someone who is very fashionable. So when oh, I say I'm coming at you as a clothes horse, it actually works. Just, it's not me just getting lazy with rhymes. I just thought it was what they called Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh. <laughs> I get it though, because she looks like a fucking horse. She does. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, well, <laughs> let's get to uh, let's get to such a Samantha over there. <laughs> That is not our. That's not our Sex in the City podcast. Okay, this is our football podcast. We're not ready to announce our Sex in the City podcast. <laughs> we need to lock it up. We need but to be looking for sex and other yeah. s words. Yeah. Oh, whoa! <laughs> trademark, <laughs> trademark already. <laughs> Touche, sir. Uh, well, let's get to Titans news. Let's start off with injuries. We've got Kenny Vaccaro, who is unfortunately seems like he's out for maybe a few weeks with an elbow injury. Does anybody? Have anything to add to that? I just want to talk about how tough he was. Dislocated shoulder in the middle of the game, then goes back and plays after he pops it in. Yeah, yeah, he, they, yeah, they, they had to take him out of the game because he wanted to go back in. His, his freaking elbow. If you've seen the picture, I mean, it's like clearly sticking out. It's right. disgusting. Yeah, and uh, I saw Cameron Jordan, who was his teammate with the Saints, said like he he saw a picture of it and he tweeted out that. Yeah, I saw this guy with a fully fractured leg try to stand up on it. He was like, <laughs> Kenny Vaccaro is an absolute savage. So <laughs> that, that, that is a tough dude. Yeah, and he was playing sure. some really good yeah. football for us, too. So we'll miss him uh, in the secondary for sure. And he's playing, he's going to be playing with the Gronk arm cast for the rest of the year, it sounds like, too, yeah. on top of that. There you go. And uh, I guess what. Is it going to be just a rotation in on the snap counts with between Crookshank and Lewis? My guess it's going to be mostly Lewis and a little bit of Crookshank mi- yeah. mixed in for right now because Lewis was certainly the first one in, and I, I think he was having some cramp issues. It looked like he kept coming in and out. Okay, that um, time of the month it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound like they're going out and signing outside help, which is a good sign that they think he's going to be back soon. The timing of it is actually pretty decent because we've got. Bills, Ravens, Chargers, and then the bye. 
So the it, Ravens would be the only one I'm a little worried about. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the Chargers I'd be a little concerned about, too. Fuck but, the Chargers. <laughs> but the chances are they yeah. can probably give him four weeks to come back. Yeah, yeah, and right. that, that puts him on the long end of the injury timeline from what it sounds like. So I think he'll certainly be back by the time they come off by in week eight and gotcha. ready to roll. Uh, also on the injury report, um, Wesley Woodyard injured a shoulder. Uh, do we have any info on that? Sounds like they think he's going to be good to go. Vrabel said he was, wasn't 100% sure that they'd see him, but he said they're pretty optimistic. So. Okay. And we'll probably know more tomorrow or Thursday. Right. Um, uh, let's talk about, is there any other injuries that I might have missed? I don't think so. I think that was it. I mean, we're doing this on a Tuesday, so we're kind of handicapped in a way. Is Gabbert, Gabbert still in? Yes, he's still in concussion protocol. Okay. So. I would assume they get him back this week. They said he was running around throwing passes in the stadium before the game warming up. So, gotcha. Um, but now that Austin Davis, the the video of him taunting the Eagles fans, flapping his <laughs> yeah. wings in their faces, I kind of want him to stay now. I like this guy. But real sidebar: Did anybody see Travis Kelsey grab uh, Denver Broncos uh, middle fingers last night and shove them in his pocket? No. <laughs> so that's what he did with his middle finger, the middle fingers of Broncos fans. He reached up there, acted like he grabbed him, put him in his pocket. <laughs> he was grabbing handfuls. Yeah. It was great. I yeah. love Travis Kelsey. <laughs> he's, he's I absolutely love him. Um, let's get on to uh, Rashard Matthews. Uh, obviously, last week, some news came out about him, and he decided to, or he asked to be released from the team, and that wish was granted. Who would like to start us off? I'll say this just real quick because I think everything's been said pretty much from both me and Big Mike up on the internet. Um, he he was not getting used, and I think he got pissed off because he got put in on punt returns and special teams and stuff like that. He he's a veteran, okay? So yes, he quit on the team. I, I will go back and change where I said that I thought it was mutual because I really did think it was mutual before stuff came out. Mm-hmm. Um, he quit on the team. They try to trade him and grant his request for re, uh, a trade, but nobody picked up on it. Yeah, and we did not know that till J. Rob came out and and told told us. And then he um and so they granted his release. Yeah. It's okay that he's gone. Obviously, it's okay because I mean, look how great we looked on offense without him. Um, he he definitely had lost a step. He didn't look like the same Richard. That's probably due to the injury, lack of conditioning, and all that stuff that happened over, over in the in a bad off season for him. Yeah. The Instagram post from January, the day after we lost the game, has nothing to fucking do yeah. with what we're what we're talking about today. I think that was reading way too much that, into something. That's that was revisionist like, history. Yeah. You're going back and seeing something, and uh, apparently people came out. Uh, at the time and said that, you know, well, we all knew that when he posted that, there was a lot of us that had concern. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. That was a thing. It was a thing. And I that's mean, I just never noticed it. He got off Twitter. Yeah. He got off Twitter because people were blowing that out of proportion. And he just Which said, obviously for no good reason. Yeah. And I guess that that's one thing. And then another thing is, is that, okay, he quit. But he quit for the best interests of himself and the family. And the guy wants to play. He wants to be a value valuable member of the team and you know this is what happened you know just the younger players outplayed him he can go to a team like the cowboys and find a job he can go to the seahawks and get used cardinals would probably use them there's a lot of teams that could use them this is a good thing 
This is a good thing that we did not keep him around and that he did not want to be around or stay around and cause a problem. This right. is a very good thing. And you can tell by the way the players reacted when people asked him questions. They're happy that he's gone because he's bettering himself. And from a football player perspective, that's what they saw. Yeah, I, I would say, look, it sucks. It sucks that whenever a guy quits on a team, you know, like it, it's, a, it's a brotherhood. But I do think the more we've learned about it, there the reasons behind it. And I mean, to be honest, it really, uh, it really frees up Matt LaFleur and the coaching staff. They don't have to feel like they have to appease Matthews anymore with a certain number of snaps to keep him happy and to keep, keep the, you know, I guess harmony in the receiver room, you know, because now he's gone and he frankly didn't deserve to be playing snaps over Taylor and sharp. They, yeah. they had clearly outplayed him over the first three weeks of the year. And Matthews had lost a step. I, I, he's not a bad player. Um, you know, he was great for his two years that he was here before, and he should absolutely be commended for that time. This doesn't erase all that. Right. Um, yeah, don't let this sour what he did. Yeah. And he, that's he another thing that really bothered me. the turnaround. He did the dirty work. I mean, he, he blocked his ass off. He made the tough catches over the middle. He was a fearless football player. He, he has a lot of good qualities. And... This doesn't need to define his entire Titans tenure, but the Titans were better off without him, frankly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and like I said, I, I think when the the day or the day of the night that he decided this all went down, I think Vrabel had talked about, or maybe as Lafleur talked about, really unleashing Marcus, and we're at, we're at a point where we can really open up the playbook. I, I kind of think that alluded to the fact that they knew Richard was going to be around for this game. And we saw a lot of two, uh, the same uh, Deion Lewis, Derrick Henry back there in the backfield. Yep. We saw the receiver step up. Tajay stepped up. Yep. He threw some good blocks. And he, I don't know he only caught two passes, but they one were, of them was for a touchdown. Yeah. It was a beautiful they were running route. Big catches because the other one was a third down pickup. Yeah. So they yeah. were both big plays. And they. They can go with they can fill Rashard's spot with Tajay on the outside or Taywan on the outside and not lose anything. We mm-hmm. we would yeah. actually probably gain a little bit, and that's yeah. a good thing. We've developed three good wide receivers, three NFL caliber wide receivers right now are on our roster. When's the last time that we've been able to say that and be able to say that this looks like a team where the routes are running and we are going to have receivers open. This is this is exciting. This yeah, is good yeah. that Richard is gone. That's why I waited overnight to react on Twitter because everybody else was just going fucking nuts. It was that's, and that's, yeah. and that's Twitter. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, Twitter does. Yeah. But um, I, I will also say Nick Williams getting more snaps is a good thing because yeah. towards a pure slot receiver, Matthews was never a pure slot guy, and that's what they were going to have to use him as mm-hmm. because. And this is what Richard told the A to Z guys. Um, they, they, he said that Lafleur told him he was too slow to play outside, yeah, basically, right. and I agree with that. I mean, he he is he was clearly not fast enough to play outside. Taylor and Davis and Sharp all give you a lot more dynamic ability to get open on the outside versus Matthews, and he really he he was playing like seventy percent of his slots inside. So now you're getting Nick Williams, who is not the greatest 
slot receiver in the world, but he is a true slot receiver. Right. And he had a couple plays during the game that are a little bit under notice. Now, first, the obviously the pass interference call that literally saved the game. Mm-hmm. He sold the hell out of it, yeah. and he really <laughs> did get grabbed. Yes, but yeah. he did a phenomenal job of making of, them throw as it. As soon as he yeah. felt that tug, he he threw his body up and and showed him like because sometimes. If you just fight through it, they might not call it, you right. know, but he he made it obvious to where they had to call it. Yeah. So he deserves credit for that. He also deserves credit on the play that uh, there's a third and short play, the one that they hit Tajay for like 17 yards on a little crosser. Nick Williams' route sets up Tajay to be open. He did a great job drawing the coverage of the inside guy yeah. on, the, on the bunch. And nobody ran with Tajay. Tajay was wide open. So yeah, I think you pointed that out in the article, right? Uh, that it'll be coming up um, okay. tomorrow. But gotcha. yeah, it's uh, he's doing some little things out there that, that are pretty good. And he blocks well too. So. Yeah, and, and uh, even oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to go to Lebowski. He he said he wanted to say something about the Richard situation. So on a on a side note. If you're a pro athlete, why would you ever have any form of social media? Let me just put that. I out there. agree like, with that. I don't I know wouldn't. if I'm. I think I'm. I may be not you personally, but you should let like a PR yeah. company yeah, handle it. it. Really, exactly. Someone else like, should read your mentions. You yeah. feel like you you should have a social media presence for branding or whatever. Fine, but like I don't think Mariota has any form of social media. Nope, he doesn't. And good on him, right? Yeah. yeah. I follow Dante Stallworth on Twitter. And he just provokes. He just posts motivational tweets all the time. Yeah, you know, it's it's the same old mess you read from a lot of athletes. But it it kills me. Like he posted something the other day. It was something like "Get up and make yourself better every day" or something. The top quote. I don't think it'd been on there for thirty seconds. Punk ass bitch. Like yeah. who just looks at Stallworth or anybody? It's like I'm. That's this is my moment. I'm gonna call him a punk ass bitch. So, but like so. Aside from that, going back to Matthews, when I first heard that he had quit. My first reaction was punk ass bitch. No, but, no, but it was like it was it was a it was the reaction a lot of people had. Oh, okay, good, bye. Didn't need you. But the longer I thought about it, and the more I got into it, and then when I heard Logan Ryan speak about it today, it really kind of solidified the part of he went the route that you would hope anybody would go in any type of position. Now, what drove me nuts last week is people on social media comparing it, you know, comparing football to like. A mid-level management job, right? right. They're yeah. not the same thing. But <laughs> at the risk of sounding like a hypocrite, if you're unhappy at a job and you run the risk of making your coworkers around you unhappy because you're in a bad place and you approach your boss and say, is my role changing here? And they look at you and say, honestly, we don't see it. And you ask to leave the company or I guess, you know, in the position of a job, you look for another position, ask for a recommendation. What better outcome could you ask for? Because at that point, your coworkers, they were, they still respect you as a person. If you become friends with these people, you know, that kind of thing. So to hear Logan Ryan today and, and really get, get after Paul Kaharski about the, oh, that doesn't make you for the boys and that kind of thing. He's like, look, with all due respect, look at the route he took. He didn't quit in the middle of the game. He went to his superior and said, is my role changing? And they said no. He asked for his release after consulting his family and deciding that was the best thing for him. And they said, absolutely, we'll give you your release. What other possible outcome could you ask for? Okay, let's just say he ignores that and he stays in the locker room all year, like Logan brought up. He's going to be like T.O. doing sit-ups in his driveway, <laughs> or and I can't remember the athlete he said was batting down balls in practice because he didn't want to be there. So you're just going to stick around and, and be a cancer and pout. Yeah. I'm not saying Richard would have done that, but it's like right. he took the steps of a person who's unhappy and chose 
to remedy that. Yeah. Good for you. It, to yeah. me, that does still make you a team player. Yeah. It, even if it's for selfish reasons, you chose to remove yourself from a situation where you're not happy. And by that route, I think you did it right by the team. So yeah. I think that's for the boys. Yeah. Good agree. point. I'm, I'm with him. I mean, it, he told he reportedly told Tajay and Taewon the you know the the young guys hey work so hard this summer motherfucker that, that's exactly what I was gonna say before we pass it over to Lebowski <laughs> well 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 here we go well, do you want to stole it, it. Hey, 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 just say Shit. it together you've already you've already started so, listen he we're said, for the boys except when you have a comment yeah. that we want to make <laughs> so he, he said you work so on that comment for like ten minutes well you should have got it out there yeah, earlier I, bud. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. The, uh, but yeah, so he said, work so hard this summer so that they don't need me. And that's exactly what they did. They yeah. both have noticeably improved their games. They've upped their, they've upped their, uh, you know, the weaknesses that they had in the last years that they were on the field, those are noticeably improved. So they're, they've outworked it, made him obsolete, and he's stepping out of the way so that LaFleur and the, these coaches don't feel uh, the need to force him into the lineup when he doesn't deserve it. So. God, just the way you said that, I can't imagine anyone, especially Zach, saying that any better. Oh, <laughs> no, but, but listen, to, to kind of put this to bed and, and without, I don't want to over-romanticize it and turn it into something that, that he probably did not intend it to be, but the more I think about it, like, look, you removed yourself from the situation, and, and a hands off to you. Yeah. yeah. Good point, Zach. Thank you. <laughs> well, well said, Excellent. Zach. And just catch it. Well catch said. my uh, all twenty two on music <laughs> tomorrow. I'll really he's, highlight the Nick Williams play on Thursday. He's, he's guest writing. Um, all right. Well, let's let's get let's dig into this juicy juicy Eagles game that we've all been oh dying to talk about. God. Please, please. I mean, that's all it. I did yesterday was just rewatch all the clips. Not only the clips of everybody celebrating, which. The clip of us in the suite from the podcast has almost fifty thousand views. By the way, not to not um, to brag, brag. honk honk. But uh, I mean, just everybody's views from it—the the happiness, the joy of of the uh, the fans. I mean, it, it. But the plays, the plays were just phenomenal when you go back and watch them, and it's hard to see that live. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see people get open, but you don't see all the nuances of everybody getting open or why they got open. Right. It was just, it was, it was probably, I, I've been to every home game and a few away games since two, 2009 season. I've been to a few in 2008 and previously, but every right. home game. That was easily, I, I didn't think anything was really going to top the, the feeling that I got from, um, the Texans game because that Texans game was just so weird and different yeah. and stuff and the crowd was into it and there yeah. wasn't Texans fans. This was, this was the best game I thought, and there's the Detroit Lions game, the Packers game, the Seahawks game, the and all recent game memory. Cardinal, this just was it. Yeah. You, it was a dogfight with a with a very good Eagles team, and that fan base showed up. And it was surprising to hear Logan Ryan today say that um, he didn't really notice a lot of the fly eagle fly and all that. But it was just it was a dogfight in the stands. I mean it. You, you were you were working just as hard as it felt like the players were working. Yeah, I, I mean that's I, not true, but I, I get. The well, it made depends. <laughs> the, the point the point they made on midday one eighty today one eighty today that uh, really resonated with me was the Eagles fans and their intensity and the number of them that were out there really kind of almost made the Titans fans get engaged more because yeah. it was almost like a one up, you know. 
hey, screw you. You're in our stadium. We're going to be louder than you. Right. And it, it, I mean, I felt like it pushed the intensity of the entire crowd up right. a notch. And you did, uh, when the Titans were on third downs later in the game on offense, the, the, it was definitely loud. The yeah. Eagles fans were loud. But when the Titans were on defense, it was even louder. I yeah. mean, it was it was a great atmosphere. I mean, you never want to see that many opposing team fans in a stadium, but I thought it was fun. I mean, it, it was obviously the result helped a lot yeah. with, with the way I'm remembering that, but I, I thought it was a great atmosphere. I, I think and, it helps that Eagles fans are just such dicks. Yeah, yeah that, like that's you, you don't want they're to, easy you to know, hate. yeah, they're just so easy to hate and. There was a many in front of us where we're screaming down to him. You know, the guy in the Ertz jersey. Uh, <laughs> a lot of Selleck jerseys. Like, yeah. that. The, the seeing sometimes the opposing team fans' jerseys and seeing Brent Selleck mm. is just a reminder. Jerseys are not a very good investment. Right. <laughs> and I say that as a guy who just bought a Derrick Henry jersey, and I know I'm going to regret that in two years when he's not playing for us anymore. But they're not a good investment. No, no, not usually. Unless you want to buy a Harold Landry jersey. Yeah. In that case, yeah. Yeah. just go ahead and do it. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Or but, Corey um, Davis. Yeah, yeah, or Corey Davis. I'm, I'm in for both of Uh So let's talk about the job that Vrabel did, Vrabel and staff did in this uh, barn burner. I mean, Unreal. I know we're going to get to this in the next podcast, but I'm just going to say right here. Coach of the fucking year and the quarterway quarterway through. You can make a case for Matt Na- Matt Nagy, Matt yeah. Nagy, all you want. You don't even know how to fucking say his name, so he can't be coach of the year. <laughs> what are you gonna do, you know do? Yeah. This is a fucking amazing balls out. Someone, uh, I think it was the South Park episode where their uh, Stan's <laughs> yeah. dad has the uh, elephantitis or whatever. Yeah, yes. the elephantitis of the balls. <laughs> get someone, someone put Vrabel's face yes. on it. I mean that. It's it's crazy, yeah. and then if you go and listen to him on the fourth down play when we in overtime when we have the uh, the kicking team out in the field, he used up all that time, and the kicking team thinks the special teams they think they're going to kick the field goal. Yeah, he's over here telling Taylor Lewan, "No, we're going for it." Yeah. yeah, and then they're drawing up a play. They they knew they were going to call a timeout the last second. The reason they did that is because they wanted more time with the offense to draw up the game winning play. Yeah. That's he was fucking so amazing prepared. to me. Like it blows yeah. my mind because we've seen such shit coaching really going into the Jeff Fisher era at some yes. point. The, and and yeah. this this level of thinking from a head coach who is getting has gotten dogged by many, many experts saying that he's doomed to fail because he has no experience. That's more experience than a lot of fucking head coaches have right there. Yeah. It I I, I don't I I fucking love this team. I, yeah. I love it so much I can't form words sometimes. I, I am so blown away and impressed by Vrabel. Like, Buck Rising has been talking about uh, how prepared the team is. And I think that's kind of the word that best describes Vrabel to me. He is ultimately prepared for everything, and that that's a perfect example of it. Him knowing exactly what he was going to do. He was going to send the field goal team out, pull them back, make them use that timeout, and then, you know, they'd call a timeout afterwards when we sent the offense back out. So he got back-to-back timeouts to, yeah. to really let the offense rest, get get them ready, make, like get everybody on the same page. So that kind of stuff matters. And the fact that he's aggressive, you can tell he's confident in his players. And that confidence, when you show confidence in your players – 
They that reflect matters that. to them. I, get, they reflect I, I got it fucking chills yeah. just hearing all of this right because now. Because, I mean, the, I mean he, 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 the Bayard thing, you know, yeah. on the punt, fake punt from a couple weeks ago. I know we've already talked about it, but he tells Bayard, look, I don't care if they show this look. Don't even look at me. Just go for it. I right. trust you. Yeah. Don't and, tip your hand. Just go. I mean, that that is what makes you got to. I mean, this goes for all walks of life. Empower your employees to do their job and then get out of the way and let them fucking do it. Yeah. And that's what Mike Vrabel's doing. I mean, he's doing it on a football field, but it's no different than managing in real life. I mean, that's yeah. that's how you. That, Hell, that's it's probably even harder on a football field because, I mean, yeah. you can't if if something happens in the middle of a play, you can't go out there and do it. If something happens in the middle of a cell, you can still go out there and fix it yeah. in the middle of a cell. Yeah. Not in the middle of a play. The play happens, it's done. Yeah. So you they perform or they don't. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, I mean, I, I know from seeing him on the, um, what was the last game, uh, the away game? The Jags. Uh, Jags. Yeah. What I noticed at the Jags game is that he's just fucking, he's just chilling on the sidelines. Like, he does not, I mean, he gets upset when there's a bad play call. Sure. And he gets excited when we do something good, but. If if in the face of adversity, I mean, he's just like, yeah, okay, calm, yeah, cool, collected. Yeah. yeah, I got something for yeah. this. I got something up my sleeve. I think I've seen this before, and I think this is where playing for Bill Belichick really does come in. They've seen a lot of different things, and always cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What was it like? What was your impression, of Lebowski? From because you watch it from on TV. What did you get from from the commentators uh, of about Vrabel's job? Well, A, I'll back up and say this. This is now two games, along with the Music City Miracle and this game, that I had a chance to go to the game, and I did not, and I will never fucking forget myself. <laughs> I'm not going. The Eagles game, especially, I just throughout the week, I had multiple chances to kind of jump on an opportunity to go to the game, and I was so mad at myself I didn't. But, but And I will say this. Watching it on TV, the Eagles fans were not as loud as this that probably sounded in the stadium. On TV, you could barely hear them. And you could you couldn't really see it either the way the you know what our crowd was wearing with the eagle, it really didn't look like that many. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll say this about Vrabel. Watch just watch the Miami game if you can stomach it again and read our injury line and tell me this team is an zero and four. The only reason why this team is three and one because a team has bought into its leader. When you work at any company, small, large, whatever and you get in the shit, the ones who separate themselves from the pack of elite, to become a leader are the ones who have intuitive, forward-thinking, the example of the timeouts. And, yeah. and bl- I mean, just the fact that you have that thought process in a game to think about that, that is shit you cannot teach. Mm-hmm. You either have it or you don't. You're either a leader or you're not. And he is. I am so sold on this head coach. Mm-hmm. Four games in. I, I can be more sold. That, like, exactly. I, I want to murder anybody who says, oh, he's a <laughs> shitty coach. Yeah. Or he's, oh, it's just four games. It's four of the worst games that would have, that could, any other head coach may not have overcome. And it, it's ridiculous when people downplay Vrabel. And I'll say that I think it. I think it's not just Vrabel. I mean, Vrabel's obviously oh, yeah, a big yeah, part yeah. of it. I mean, but his Luffler, entire Dean P. His entire coaching staff. Great, I can't yeah. remember if it was you, Mike Miracles, or if it was Travis Haney. But somebody wrote an article, and they were saying that during that final drive, like before that final drive happened, like throughout the drive, he had an assistant coach in his ear in the headset, going, "Hey, if you're gonna go for it, you have to. You've got to keep it moving. You can't like sit." 
and and yeah. run clock because otherwise you're not gonna have enough time and so that's like already in their head they're not even necessarily thinking field goal they're thinking let's fucking win this game the whole way through which is i just i can't and, say and enough about it yeah. that was from a peter king article where yeah. uh he he was talking about um john striker who Vrabel brought from he i think coached with him at ohio state i want to say yeah, and yeah, they kind of He's he's been like in the football operations side at a couple universities since, mm-hmm. but he brought him in uh, as part of the Titan staff, and he's like I think he's listed as like assistant to the head coach or something like that. Right. Which aside from all the like Dwight Schrute jokes uh, <laughs> available, I had no idea what that was. But now after Peter King's uh, article, right. it sounds like Stryker is the guy that's he's looking i would almost assume, like the analytical guy yeah I, I would yeah. assume based on all the comments that we've heard and you know we can't get confirmation on this from either side because i've actually tried but i assume the titans have hired an analytics they i know they have an analytics staff but i think they've probably hired a outside consultant as well Interesting. and i think they are getting analytic information because this is what and he also talked about Doug Peterson and what influence Doug Peterson has been yeah. on him. And that's exactly what the Eagles did. They hired Edge Sports. They have game books every game printed off of down distance, time remaining. Uh, should you go for it or should you not? You know, fourth and three yeah. at the 42-yard line with six minutes left. Should I go for it or should I not? And it's go or no go, and it'll tell you kind of the, the percentage of yes or no. And they make the they make their decisions based off of those. Yeah. And it's an aggressive way to play because it's going to tell you to go for it more often than not, if, especially if you're between the 40s. And I think Vrabel is using something like that that Stryker is radioing down to him on, you know, because he said he uses them for timeouts. He uses them for fourth down calls, for extra points, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think he's the guy that's kind of handling that and giving advice throughout the game. And I've been dying for the Titans to have somebody like <laughs> yeah. that for years because yeah. it makes no sense some of the screw ups in game management that this team has had over the years. Yeah. And now we've got a coach that has a proactive approach to that, and it could not be more refreshing. Yeah, and I'll bring some light to that a little bit in our next podcast on the NFL edition. I, I want to talk about some stuff that some historic te- uh, coaches have done. That's but, a tease. Um, uh, so let's talk about uh, Marcus Mariota and uh, how he played versus the well, Eagles. Well, first off, because we just got done to talk about the coach. Did anybody watch his press conference or listen to it after the game? Yes. I, I have not seen it. I yet. did not. Please uh, inform us. Okay. So he, so Jim White asked him, he goes, how do you feel about you know going for it and not playing for the tie? And he just went in on Jim Wyatt, and he said, well, I, this is kind of a weird question. It's, I mean, like... This is not verbatim. He either said weird, silly, or stupid question. Hmm. And he goes, uh, I mean, we play to win the game. I mean, you got to win. And it, it sounded very like it was a lot like Marcus would be without, you know, a bunch of fucking microphones in his face. And it really sounded like a little bit of Vrabel rubbing off on him and his competitive nature and stuff. It, it was, and it was toward Jim Wyatt, which is yeah, very interesting. interesting. But. I I I think this performance is the I, I know it's the Corey Davis performance, so we'll probably talk about it here in a minute. The coming out party. I don't know. This is kind of the Marcus coming out yeah. party for me. Like yeah. this is the game that we've all been waiting since last year. 
We we saw this in 2016. This is the one that got us excited for 2017. Then 2017 happened, and then put a lot of doubt in people's mind, reasonable doubt. We knew that he was a good quarterback and married to a bad offensive system. And then a little rough start, but it's bad luck. But this this game, to me, is like, I'm in. This, yeah. is, this is our... Samoan uh, Jared Goff. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for the ride. I'm in. That was, it was without a doubt the best performance he's ever had in his mm. career, especially considering the opponent, considering the fact that he was coming off of freaking nerve damage in his throwing hand. He he must not yeah. have the, either he's at 95% and the glove is doing the rest of the five. Or he, maybe he I mean, just needs to stick with the glove. Yeah. Can I, mean, I just say I hope he does? I think it's a cool fucking yeah. look. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's kind of it's kind of badass. Yeah. But he, uh, I mean, the numbers of course speak for themselves. He was like thirty of forty three for about three hundred forty something yeah. yards, two touchdowns, one, one rushing. On um, and Lee. he also had like fifty yards rushing. Yeah. I think he had over four hundred yards of total offense by himself. And and don't forget the three drop passes yeah. that were dimes. Yeah, I it, mean he, they were they were right on target. He, I mean we were we've been waiting because everyone you know everyone's been talking about oh well the Titans just want to run the ball. I, how many articles did we see last week from freaking idiot Eagle writers saying <laughs> yeah. oh well the, look at the stats the Titans just run it all the time we're gonna kill them because we're good good at run defense mm-hmm. and I was like look. Of course we ran all the time. We were without our top three tackles. And yeah, yeah, we were playing with Blaine Gabbard. And yeah. like, I mean, why how, Why would you think that that's what's going to be the offense moving forward now yeah. that people are healthy? Right. And so obviously we come out and we're throwing it. We're running a ton of play action. This is exactly the offense that I thought we would see all oh along. Oh, my God. It, it got and, me so fucking horny. And Mariota <laughs> threw Mariota threw five balls down the field more than 20 yards. That travel more oh, than 20 he, yards in he the He can't air. throw deep. And oh, he can't throw deep. He threw, he threw five of them. He, the Titans had only thrown four all season heading into this game yeah. and three of those were from the first half of the Miami game before he got injured. They had thrown one ball more than 20 yards in the last two and a half games. So obviously the offense was much different than what it was when we were banged up as yeah. it should have been. I'll tell you what that Marcus Mariota uh, category on Pornhub is going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, those, those deep balls, the five that he threw the, he hit two of them. And then the other three were all dropped. I mean, they were all yeah. right in the chest. Now, Taylor's, I went back and looked at the he replay. He got smacked right in the face mask as the ball was coming down. So, I mean, I get why he didn't a little catch that. Yeah, and yeah. it should have been a you know spot foul at like yeah. the 10-yard line, which would have made a huge difference too. Sure. Um, but I will but say I Landry, watch this game again. Landry got away with a face mask on Wentz on his sack. So yeah, I'm going to say did. those two wash yeah. out. But anyways, I mean – this is this the crazy thing about the deep balls. This is exactly what I saw from him in camp. This is what I was so excited about in camp because even though he struggled a little bit on some days of camp where he was just you know a little erratic with his accuracy stuff like that, the deep ball seemed to be locked in more than it ever has been with him, and that's exactly what it looked like. He's and got a swagger back, bud. He, I mean, and some of those throws were with pressure coming yep, in his yep. face. You know, I I was looking at distance of the ball, like on some of those. I mean, fifty, fifty-five yards in the air, dropping like 
between two defenders right into the receiver's and arms. I believe during the Thursday night game, you told me that Marcus does not have the arm strength to go 55 yards and... Well, when when he was well, hurt, when he was oh, dealing with nerve You didn't say damage. that in the text message because I said this. This is what Marcus is going to look like talking about Jared Goff, and you're like, I don't, yeah, no, no. Marcus, Marcus I'll say, can't throw it that far. I'll say this: Marcus doesn't have the arm that Goff does. He, I still stand by that. Now, I yeah. also said I don't think it'll ever hold him back from doing what he needs to do. He's got enough of an arm. He doesn't yeah. have the Mahomes, Josh right. Allen, Jared Goff cannon, but right. he's got plenty, and he showed it. I mean. <laughs> The Rex he, Grossman unleashed the dragon arm. Yeah, yeah. I, but he's got plenty of arm, and he showed it field. on Sunday. It was uh, it was a thing of beauty. And the beyond just the throws, his pocket movement was incredible. He avoided rushers. I mean, the the Eagles brought a ton of pressure, like they always do, and he was able to avoid it, move around the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, find open receivers, even when Johnny Smith was dropping passes, and <laughs> you know everything else that's going on. But I mean. Complete control of the offense looked amazing. If that's the Mariota we're seeing from here on out, this offense is going to put up massive numbers. Yeah. Uh, speaking of massive numbers, let's talk about uh, Corey Davis and his coming out party. Woo. Come, uh, let's talk to our couch potato correspondent. How was uh, the Corey Davis looking on TV the whole time? Were you? Did you uh, notice that he was amassing all these yards? No. It, yeah. It, it looked. He looked fantastic. He looked like a different person from games one through three to four. Yeah. He really, really looked a lot better. And I'll say this about Mariota. Mariota looks like a quarterback who has finally been told by his coaching staff, do your thing. Yeah. Instead of being held back he by did. a playbook I mean, with a coaching staff unleashed. that is not going to let him deviate. He looks like a quarterback who is basically they've given him the trust on the field. Do, yeah. do what you think is necessary. Uh, no, Corey Davis looked fantastic on TV. Um, I was doing so much yelling and screaming at the uh, end of the game when he caught that pass. I actually had to go back and watch again to make sure it was him that caught that pass. It was like, as soon as I saw the ball, the trajectory, and someone going up for it, it was just, <laughs> and just running around the living room. And then I had to actually stop and make sure, okay, yes, they did. Like, it was him that caught it. But uh looked phenomenal. Yeah, it, it, it was awesome. Phenomenal. I mean, he, he looked like a... How do I say this without sounding a little homoerotic? He looked... It's okay, but he looked among friends. He looked more beastly yeah. <laughs> of a receiver <laughs> than, than he has in the last three. No, he looked great. It was good. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna stop now before he. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if we were doing this on air or off air, but last week we were talking with Travis Haney and trying to come up with a comp for him, and I think we chose Chad Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I think Chad Johnson yeah. was one. Uh, to was thrown out yeah. there. Yeah, uh, I think the To one's a good one. It's yeah. like a, it's like a it's like a right in between To and Chad because Johnson could be AJ Green. That's he's stronger kind of, than yeah. AJ. He may be he's a little, little stronger. bigger and stronger. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, I don't. I don't define beastly with AJ Green and even so much Chad Johnson. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep using that word beastly. He's yeah, also, you know what? You can follow time. me. You can follow me on Twitter, Corey right. Davis. It's at Mr. Lebowski. Beastly. <laughs> the, the DMs are open, Mr. Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> the DMs are the DMs are wide open. Slide on through, my friend. Uh, <laughs> Ziva, what were your thoughts on Corey? It was. It was just like. Every time I looked up when we were on offense or I looked over, he's he's catching the ball. I mean, it was just, it was so weird. I, I didn't really notice how, I wasn't noticing the yardage as much, what, as, much as it was the reception how that he was open. And he, he was open because of the offensive scheme, obviously. I mean, and his talent, too. But the, the plays that he was making was were great. I, I just wasn't noticing the distance and... 
you know, I always forget that he's never had a regular season touchdown until that play because he's looked so good this whole year. So yeah. it just it just yeah. that I think that's the thing. I can believe if someone you know t- tells me, oh, you know, he didn't get a regular season touchdown last year. That's fine. He got two in the playoffs, so yeah. you know, I know in a meaningless win or loss, but you know, I, I look at it, this year. He's looked so good week after week after week, and we pounded on the podcast. We uh, well, we didn't pound each other, but <laughs> uh, Big Mike talked about it on Twitter because he wasn't here last week. We talked about it on the podcast. I talked about it on Twitter. This Titans film room did. Yeah. Everybody had the feeling that if you'd been watching Corey these last few weeks, this was his breakout game. Yeah. And I mean, it it delivered and that way the way that he sold routes and turned his head and stopped on his, you know, stopped in the routes to make a turn to fake out the DB and all this stuff. It's elite level route running and trickery that I would not expect from a second year wide receiver quite quite on that level and mm-hmm. I don't want to say it but guys this is a number one wide receiver that I mean we got him yeah we and got I mean, the number one wide receiver finally. and fuck those and fuck those one. people who said that we should have drafted OJ Howard at five <laughs> or that we should have drafted OJ you know Marshawn uh, Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore. <laughs> we got what we needed at the right time because look at what happened this last Sunday The Eagles are no slouch on defense. I mean, it's a Jim Schwartz defense. How many people had wished these last five or six years that we had Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator? Yeah. 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 So don't go changing your tone and saying, oh, well, the defensive back sucked. Yeah, they fucked up here and there. Our defensive backs kind of fucked up here and there, too. So it it kind of played out. Defensive back play was kind of even, but Corey Davis took over that fucking game. And it's I didn't think the Eagles defensive backs were just letting people run right by him. It's excuse I mean, making. Yeah, I mean it's, Davis it's excuse making was beating them. Yeah. They were he was open because he was beating them. Yeah. And you know, he's like you said, the the salesmanship on the route, the out and up that he ran where he puts his foot in the ground, he the detail of the jab step and then the look back over the outside shoulder and you can see as soon as he looks over that outside shoulder, Mills breaks, and then he just rounds it right up the field and is wide open. That kind of level of detail. And then he had another one on uh, that deep post, that 51-yard yeah. uh, catch that he had, where it's it's meant to look like a corner route because – and I'll, I'll show this kind of on the All-22 when it comes out this week. Uh, it's, it's my All-22. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Zach's All-22 this Humble week. Humble brag. Uh, Slide on my DMs. It's my All-22. <laughs> <laughs> but – they make all these concepts look similar until they're not at the very end. So he, they run a lot of these full bootlegs where that is a corner route instead of a post. And if you watch his route, he runs an inside slant on the, on the stem. He gets vertical, and he actually starts to bend it outside almost like he's about to run that corner route, and then he snaps it back inside for the post. And that's why he's open by 10 yards. So it's the details in the route running in credit – the first credit the players because the players are the ones that are executing it and yeah. doing it and taking the time to pay attention to these details, but also credit Rob Moore because it's not just Davis. Taylor and Sharp are doing these things too. I mean, Sharp's route on the touchdown was fantastic. I mean, he gets he gets 
flat and then waits for the defensive back to come up on him. He gets his inside elbow, pushes him past, and it's right there wide open in the end zone. Details like that matter so much to wide receiver play, and all the Titans receivers are starting to execute that at a high level, right. and they're all young guys. So they've got all the physical talent. Taylor and you know Davis especially have all the physical talent in the world. If they can add all of this in with it, this is going to be a very difficult wide receiver core to stop. And I don't think anyone expected that, at least outside of Titans universe, coming into the season. Yeah, These guys are playing at a really high level. And all it took was an offensive day where we're not running the ball 40 times and throwing it 20 times for us to finally see the numbers accumulate. That's, yeah. that's all this is. It's not, oh, they suddenly started playing good. It's... They've been playing good the whole time, and now the offense yeah. caught up to it. Do you have anything to add on uh, Tajay and Taewon? Well, I mean, success? they were they were just awesome. I, I, I kind of want to go back and touch on the Corey Davis, uh, the post route sure. with the 51-yarder. Yeah. Is that the play that you think they've been working on with that they've had the miscommunication with in the no. Steelers game or no, anything? Because they that was a different Corey one. would break off or whatever? No, that was that was a different one. No, the okay. one that they hit the post on was uh that was a Yankee concept okay. and they run it a lot and they get they get it on like that half roll out of the pocket and Taylor will run a deep cross from one side and then Davis clears out with the post. And gotcha. A lot of times they'll hit that deep cross, but this time the Eagles were playing like a cover three robber and um, Fran Duffy and uh, Greg Cosell talked about it on an Eagles podcast that um, somebody shared with us in our group chat. And it was interesting because you, you could see LaFleur kind of setting it up as the game went on. They were hitting all these crossers, hitting all these crossers. The Eagles kept leaving that middle safety a little bit shallow to try to take away the crossers. And then boom, they hit them over the top of the post. And it, it's stuff like that from LaFleur setting up plays throughout yeah. the game and making things look the, the same. The Shanahan, it, you know, Le, style of play. LaFleur called a hell of a game. The yeah. uh but t- you know, Tajay, let's not downplay Tajay. And I've already yeah. talked about a little bit of him, but you know, he had he was very in- integral in a bunch of stuff even when he wasn't the one catching the ball and and that's huge, but Taewon has proven that he is reliable in this offensive system. And I know we had questions about can he grasp the playbook? Can he run the right routes? Can he be, you know, there when you need him to be there? He's there. Yeah. I I know that we're very under the radar, and I know that the numbers aren't there right now. But probably by the end of the year, you're talking about a barring injury, of course, that a top ten, top eight wide receiver trio in the league. And there's a lot of good wide receiver trios in the league, but I have full faith that this this trio can be just as good as what Robert Woods and um, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, and, and Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks can be. I mean, yeah. I I don't see any reason why they couldn't be just as good as them and just as productive. Yeah, I I, I think they're playing at a really high level, and I'm no longer worried about the wide receivers. And like I said earlier, I, I think even Nick Williams and you know Darius Jennings has done some nice stuff. Obviously, that drop was horrible. Yeah, that drop was horrendous. But Darius Jennings had some some nice stuff, and you saw his speed on that play. I mean, he blazed by the Eagles secondary. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't know he was that fast. I thought he was pretty fast, and obviously we saw the kick return against Miami. Right. And he can definitely run, but that those were some jets. I mean, I hope they go back to him at some point with that yeah. because he's got some potential to make some big plays. For sure. Well, let's talk about uh, the other aspect of the offense. Let's talk about the run game. 
and mm. the struggles therein. Do you think that was just a a result of a tough Philadelphia defense or what? No, we've seen the struggles, and I think the narrative that Deion Lewis is the better back is also uh, pretty far out there. But I'll let Big Mike take over what the struggles of the run game are. So watching it back, I didn't think Henry played poorly. Um, the drop on that toss sweep was particularly painful because the Titans actually had a nice alley blocked up on that play, and that could have been a big run for him. But um, obviously outside of that, I thought he played fine. The problem the Titans are having in the running game more than anything to me is, one, they were up against Fletcher Cox and Michael Bennett and Brandon Graham. That's a great defensive front in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. That they There's a reason they're the number one ranked run defense in the NFL, right. and we saw it. And they're going to be tough to run on. Now, obviously, this isn't a new thing, but if you want to look at the Jacksonville and Houston games, obviously everyone knew that we were going to either be running or throwing short passes. So you've got linebackers and safeties playing up a little bit tighter, playing on their toes, coming downhill. I don't, I don't know that there's a huge structural issue with the running game right now. I I don't think Henry's playing bad. I don't think Lewis is playing bad. I don't think the Lions playing bad. I think if there's a weak link right now, it's the tight end blocking out of John. John was bad again in this game blocking. I thought he got better last week. It was worse again this week. It was not good, and he's missed too many blocks that just blow up plays, and that's that's yeah. the problem we're having. And I don't know what you do about it if you just start playing Stalker more, but he's a zero threat almost in the passing game. So I think the Titans have a little bit of a tight end problem, um, but I don't know what you do about it at this point. There's not like you're going to bring in a productive tight end off the street, so I think you just got to coach up Johnny Smith and try to get him playing trial, better. Trial by fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about some delicious Harold Landry play. A Harold Landry, Jarrell Casey. Yeah. I mean, Sharif Finch got himself a sack. Yeah. I mean, it was... I, I can't believe the, the Eagles scored as much as they did, to be honest with you, because it seemed like we were bullying this all pro studded offensive line yeah. and I feel sorry and I know we'll talk about it here in a second, but I feel sorry for the fucking Bills. Yeah. Oh dude. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a shit show. The, for the Bills anyways. Jarrell Casey is playing at like borderline defensive player of the year level. Right? I, I would say he 100% is. defensive player of the year. Well, That's a tease. I, I'll only yeah. All right. So I, I think he would be I think if the season ended today, he should be in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um because he's just playing at a crazy level. And it's not even just, you know, he's got three sacks, which is is good, especially for an interior defensive lineman at this point in the season. And he's got a ton of tackles for loss. He's always in the backfield. But he's he's making plays that don't even result in stats. Like, yeah. he, he took Jason Peters, a 330-pound man who's like a nine-time pro bowler. Like, Jason Peters isn't, you know, Eric Flowers or somebody. Yeah. he's This guy's a stud. He took... Jason Peters during this game and threw him into Carson Wentz like he's a piece of fucking luggage. Like it was insane. Yeah. I I've never seen him play at such a high level and I don't know if it's just the scheme that's unlocked him to be able to attack more, which I do think that's part of it, but he is playing at an unreal level right now. I mean, he's basically 
Aaron Donald without the fanfare. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, somebody in our, our Slack channel uh, compared him to Javon Kurtz, which I thought was interesting. Wait. Casey or Landry? Landry. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say. Uh, Landry, I could definitely see the yeah. the curse comparison, yeah. but if, I think he's just on a different level. If curse was Casey's size, <laughs> could you fucking imagine? <laughs> oh my god! Right. Crack. Uh, Malcolm Butler. Yeah, uh, let's talk about it. He he's getting to be. He got a little. They, they now they say that. PFF said that it was seven for seven and a hundred and something yards, I but I don't. I feel like he made plays in the passing game, so I don't know if it was seven for seven. But I also was completely inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> he, I don't think he gave up a lot. Yeah, I'll say that. I mean, we know he gave up a lot because I remember turning to you. Uh, I think you were sitting behind me, and I said, "We may have a Malcolm Butler problem. I may have well, to admit it now." Can I? Can I argue that? Alshon Jeffrey is a deceptively hard cover. Do you he's think? A very he big is. man he who is. jumps very well. And he's good at the details of the little push-offs and stuff like that that go unnoticed. And there was one but, on uh, one of the plays where Butler was covering him. Butler actually gets a great jam, and then Jeffrey gets away with a pretty blatant push-off at the top of the route to get open. But let me say this. We are paying Malcolm Butler 60-something sure. million dollars. No, that's fair. Is Alshon Jeff? I mean... We're we're talking about Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about. I mean, you know, Julio Jones or something like that. This is a little worrisome. I, I I mean, I know we don't have anything to worry about really. Well, we may have John Brown to worry about, and if Malcolm Butler is on him, that could be a little I'm, bad. I'm not worried about that. But <laughs> I mean, we got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen coming up. I mean, we have receivers. Let, let's be honest here. Let, let's let's. Let's be honest here. This is not a good look for the Malcolm Butler experience so far. It's not been great. I, I'll say the the deep ball to Matthews, I don't know that that's 100% on him. I no, think, I think that was a safety issue. I think he thought Vaccaro was going to pick him up, and yeah. Vaccaro was jumping a route underneath. And I think that was a miscommunication thing more than anything. It wasn't just him getting toasted, which yeah. feels a little bit better because these guys have been on the same team for like, you know, seven or eight weeks, and they may not have all the the anticipatory things worked out yeah. between the two of them. But it needs to be better from him overall, because even if you take away that play, he still didn't have a great game. And you're paying him, like you said, sixty million dollars. You need him to play at a high level. The good news is Adoree's playing outstanding on the yeah. opposite side, but except for that Miami game. Well, the, yeah, the Miami, honest, that the Miami, Miami game, game was probably rough. the worst game I've ever seen Adoree play. Yeah, that which was which is kind of good. I mean, you got to think he started all sixteen games last year and two playoff games. But I'm I'm not sure. I'll, I haven't seen the stats specifically for the uh, Eagles game, but I know against Jacksonville, Adoree, the Jaguars were zero for five with Adoree in coverage. Yeah. I mean, he he pitched a shutout. So I think he's playing great. Logan Ryan is playing really He's good. Playing I mean, let's well. let's and that's a benefit of having Malcolm Butler is that Logan Ryan is playing really damn good yeah. this year. Yeah. And one one thing that they're doing that's interesting right now is for the Houston game and the Philly game, they have basically stayed in nickel the whole time. Yeah. They they have they've left those three corners on the field like the least snaps of any of them is getting is like 96 percent. so is utterly ridiculous they're basically all on the and field at the that same could maybe time. kind of play into the 
um, Malcolm Butler kind of getting burned. So I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to make excuses. No excuses. I, Play like a champion. I feel like Malcolm Butler, is, especially after this game. This game was my deciding factor. Four games. I'm not feeling that we're getting the money out of Malcolm Butler at this point. Yeah. He, can we, he can we all better. agree on that? He needs to play yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, sure. I want to hear yeah. you vocally say it, yes. Mike. Yes, yes, yes. He has been he's bad. Just, he's he's kinda, been, he's, he doesn't want to say it. He has been a bad, bad Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about Jayon Brown, or do you want to talk about the Bills? Uh, let's talk about the linebackers, both both Jayon Brown and uh, Rashawn Evans. I'm going to talk about Rashawn. I'm going to say one thing about Rashawn Evans. Him, he is once he realizes the playbook and it's all put together mentally, unfucking stoppable. Because this man is going to tear up people. He's throwing offensive linemen around. And it's something you don't see during the game because it was kind of in the you know commotion of it all. But going back and looking at highlights, he is he's strong, and oh, yeah. and I am cannot wait for him to mentally grasp the playbook. Yeah, he he still looks lost out there, but yeah. he is lost in the best possible way because he's just running around hitting stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's not what you want him to do, obviously, but. You'd rather him be doing that than running around tentative. So. Yes, right. exactly. Run around. If you're going to run around lost, run around lost hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. And he had some really impressive just feats of strength where he's just <laughs> knocking 300 pound linemen like back five yards. And, you know, I mean, he's well, like their horses a- that he chased when he was a boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think he's going to be good once he gets a hold of things, but he's not there yet. But yeah. Jayon Brown is fucking everywhere. Yeah. He yeah. covers so much ground. He's all over the place. He's a steal right now for the Titans because right. Wesley Woodyard missed a lot of that game and right. you barely noticed. Because yeah. during the second half when the Titans, you know, after that first drive of the second half where they gave up the uh long drive, they basically shut down the Eagles offense the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And that was all with Jayon Brown in there as the primary play caller on defense. Yeah. And big ups to Jayon, big ups to yeah. uh, Will Compton as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, Will, Will Compton, Compton had a huge uh, Zach Ertz uh, pass breakup. Yeah, he yeah, did. For sure. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we move on? I'm good with the Bills. This will take like five minutes with the Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I also just want to say, I did love that we stole the Eagles celebration, the bowling celebration. Oh, yeah. Me too. Uh, the Eagles did that last year a lot. Big fan of that. Yeah. Um, Love that Marcus got it. Yeah, Marcus yeah. is in it covering his yeah. junk. <laughs> he looks, he's he's he looks he's like really a little afraid. boy. All he needed was a lunchbox that he I was like waiting that, for the school I bus. like that he's not worried about his actual injury that he has on his arm. <laughs> he's worried about his genitals. <laughs> yeah, he, and he was the lead pen, you know? Yeah. 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 Got to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, preview of our Week 5 game against the Bills at Buffalo. Um, the Bills lost last week to the Packers 22-0 to in just a horribly Bills game. <laughs> That's two shutouts for them already, right? Because they got yeah. shut out the first. Did they? Yeah, didn't they? Oh, wow. Was, is that true? I, I, so. I thought they might have got a mercy sure field true. goal or something. Oh, maybe they did, but I thought they got shut out by the Ravens, too. Yeah, they might have. They're uh, 
They're not good. The the whole Vikings thing <laughs> yeah. was good. a mirage. They're not good. <laughs> that, I mean, was, that's my and, analysis. And well, they they're did, not good. They didn't Next. win because of Josh Allen <laughs> passing through there. Stat correction: They did get a mercy field goal against the Rams. Yeah. I thought I thought they got the, it was like 40, 48 to three or uh, something. I thought it was forty eight to zero. Is like all it's somehow sadder. Forty seven to three. Yeah. The, okay. okay. Here's the thing. I'm gonna say three things. First off, this is the very definition of a trap game. So yes. we. Yes. know that this is a team that we should be beating and we're coming off a really emotional, hard-fought win. Very definition trap game. Yes. And with a big opponent coming up next. Right. Mm-hmm. The But, like we alluded to earlier, preparation is the word. I, 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 at the beginning, I haven't felt nervous about a game this whole season. And I said that I'm actually starting to feel nervous about the Bills game. Do you think that that nervousness or the lack of nervousness is because we weren't supposed to win with an injured quarterback? Or probably. Th- okay. It, probably because I, well, I don't know. I really thought that I had faith in the coaching staff. And yeah. I don't know. Here's where my Titans, um, I guess you would say superstitions or Titans, um, uh, feelings optimism come come in sure is that we always play down to bad teams yeah but this is a new team so i gotta work i'm working with that i'll I'll talk to my therapist on thursday (laughs) and we'll get this you know worked out i while it's trap game we are always prepared so that's number two so i shouldn't be worried about that it's being a trap game gotcha offensive line for the bills sucks uh, their quarterback fucking sucks. <laughs> their defense is still a little decent. Jerry Hughes got like 15 pressures by himself versus the Vikings. Yeah. But our team is fucking good. Yeah. And and I, right now, I am not where I'm, okay, I'm not going to lie. My heart is a little worried. <laughs> Mentally, I'm not worried. Like, logically, I know. Yeah. I, f- I feel like it's a game we should win. We're better than the Bills, no doubt about that. You you worry about just the random stuff, you yeah. know the the ball bounces off somebody's helmet and it gets returned for a touchdown, or you know just the right. the random bullshit popping up. But if you're looking at matchups, there's nowhere where I feel like the Bills are just better than the Titans. Like not on not not any matchup across the entire field. So yeah, I feel like this is a game they should win. I'd be highly disappointed if they didn't. Because, I mean, obviously... Oh, I'll be inconsolable. If they drop the game... If they drop this game after those last three, you know, it 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 would... We'd still be three and two, which is not terrible. It's not yeah. a bad thing. But you almost feel like, okay, well, now that's, that doesn't look nearly like what we thought we were seeing. Right. Yeah. So, you want them to come out, build on the momentum. I'd love to see them come out and just... Yeah, I want, a, I, want a, like, I want a blowout. Yeah. Like a 27 to 3 halftime thing where we're like because putting even if Gabbard we lit, in for the fourth quarter. Because even if we win 28 to 14, yeah. they're going to talk about those 14 points that they, they got put up. Yeah. 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 I, I would love a beat down, continue to build the momentum. And then because that also from a, you know, I, I want the crowd at Nissan Stadium when the Ravens come to town in two weeks to be like, engaged in a big Titans turnout. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think if the Titans go up to the Buffalo and beat the shit out of the Bills and come back four and one, there will be a buzz. There will be a 
yeah. holy shit, this Titans team is something to yeah. watch. We need to go check it out kind of feeling. And I, I want to see that. No, sure. I agree. I, it, we need to go and kick their ass and come back with a 4-1 going into the – because the Ravens are no joke. I mean, they, they yeah. really are good this year. solid yeah. as hell. And I'm like, Mike, I, I don't want to say this now before the Bills game, but if we do go up there and and really kick ass and come home 4-1, to me this starts to lead in to that – the feeling of the Titans' first season here in town where it's a new product, you know what to expect, and now all of a sudden, four, five, six games in, like the home crowd is so balled in. And mm-hmm. we need that so badly as a fan base because is the reason why I brought up earlier about that the Eagles fans were not that loud on TV. I mean, I do genuinely mean that, but part of that is because I fully expected and, frankly, am a little used to our fans mailing it in. Yeah. And... and Look, we could go back down that conversation some other time, but it's like we need a reason to be fully balled in at 4-1 after a solid-ass win against Buffalo against a good Ravens team. That place will be hype as shit. Oh, yeah. I'm with it. Well, before we get to our predictions for the game, which I'm pretty sure I can uh, predict, um, (laughs) I want to leave you with a a optimistic stat against the Bills. Uh, So the Bills have allowed 5.2 sacks a game, which is the most of any team in the NFL this year. That's 21 sacks. And uh, so this could be a good day for a certain... Honorable Harold Landry and uh, I think Jarrell Casey's <laughs> probably going to get uh, maybe two or three sacks this yeah. game. Oh, yeah. and, and by the way, welcome to the honor roll, Carson Wentz. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited yeah. that you're our first, uh, yeah. our first addition. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, that wasn't a sack. That was like me at a Ryan Steakhouse going after the fucking nacho buffet. It was like coming around the corner, ripping the arm back. It, it was it was feast mode. It's incredible how quick he got back there on that. He was I like he feast was, mode. He was in Wentz's he was hitting Wentz by the time he hit the last step of his drop, which is insane. Yeah. yeah like that shouldn't be back there yet. The difference the difference between Landry and everyone else is like you can beat guys and get a good pass rush, but Landry beats guys so quick yeah. that there's no chance, even if it's a short throw, yeah. that the guy's getting the ball off. I mean, yeah. that's a game changer when you can do that. Right. When you get there before he's able to even step up in the pocket, like yeah. that's an issue. He can't avoid you or throw the ball because he's still moving backwards when you arrive. <laughs> right. Like It's unbelievable. Right. All right. So uh, let's go, I guess, this way. Okay. Um, and let's let's talk about our predictions. Zebo, give us your Bills Titans prediction. Thirty-five-three. Ooh. Alrighty. I think we're Bills. gonna blank. Them. I'm sorry, just Titans. Titans. Just joking. <laughs> I never really Whoa. clarified. That was I a never terrible, really clarified. terrible yes. joke. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Lebowski, we're gonna blank them. Twenty-eight nothing. Twenty-eight nothing. Oh, I like that too. Two blanks in a row. That would be devastating. Uh, <laughs> I want devastating. Big Mike. I'm going to go 31-10. Ooh. Well, everybody's in the 30s. Let's go. Let's well, go. He was. He's in the 28s. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go ridiculous. Let's go 42 to. Wow. Uh, we'll say we'll give him six. I'll, I'll sign up for any of those. Yeah. Yeah. Any of this. All yeah. of those are acceptable variable. Huxley. Okay. Yeah. He said Titans by 17. Yeah. Uh, before we before we sign off here, Zach, you said you had a teaser that you wanted to give our fans. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have some big changes come to the F Words uh, podcast here. Uh, so make sure we're doing two episodes every week. If you don't see an episode pop up, we may have some subscription 
uh, issues. So this is your final warning before we switch over till next week. So please let us know at at F words pod yeah. on Twitter or F words pod at gmail.com. You can email me. Oh, they could call into the hotline. Yeah, they, we know. still have the hotline, but I don't know the number off my head. It would take like five minutes to find the number. Eight, we'll, six, we'll, seven, we'll tweet it out yeah, or something. 5309, right? But please let us know if for whatever reason you aren't subscribed on either Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Yeah, make sure you get and your subscription. We'll have an official announcement late, probably late Thursday afternoon, maybe Friday. And uh, so... I wonder what it could be. Mm. Get your popcorn ready. Interesting. Mm. Well, uh, thanks for listening, Effers. Make sure to visit our sponsors at ForTheVille615.com for all your clothing needs. Rate and review us on whatever you're listening on and follow us on Twitter at, at FWordsPod. Or don't. You know, you don't have to Do follow it. us on Twitter. Oh. No, you, he does. Yeah, he's right. You oh. have to. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. you well, you heard it. I, I tried, but you have to. <laughs> Um, you can get more of Mike's analysis on all things Titans at Music City Miracles. Flames, yeah. flames, all 22s coming out this week. Flames, uh, alert emoji, yes. siren emoji. Is that your AM handle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we're football and other F words, and you've just been F'd. For the boys! For the boys! Fly, Titans, fly. He's got Corey! He's got Corey! He's got Huxley! He's got Huxley! I feel like Josh Allen's gonna be flipping off the Bill sideline by the time the game's over <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Give me some offensive linemen. Just a young man from Wyoming. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. <laughs>